everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I want to be a safety salamander of my own so I can run for office and fail and just be happy about it. Is that what this episode's about? I mean, it's hard to tell, honestly. Yeah. 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 Fair. Hi, guys. One of those things was like, the first act has one... Sorry. Don't worry, man. We'll be talking about it for an hour. Don't worry. Uh, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You can get access to all of our bonus content, a bunch of back matter, a bunch of old podcasts, new podcasts, new episode reviews, bonus episodes, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we have a person to thank, Matt. Ooh, fantastic. I think they're a resubscriber. But it's been a long time since I've, I've uh, this name. I think I've said this name before because I think I made this joke before. But it's JJ Watts. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, JJ. Which is the name of a very famous football player. But this person, I believe, even is, I knew that one. But I believe is he's British, so I don't think he's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the same guy. Uh, this week's episode: See Homer Run, episode GABF twenty one, originally aired November twentieth, two thousand and five, written by Stephanie Gillis, directed by Nancy Cruz. Received a 6.0 rating with 10.3 million viewers. Uh, the couch gag. The Simpsons sit on the couch. As normal, the camera zooms out to reveal that they are part of a zoo on Kenyon Codis's home planet, Rigel 7, as an Earth family exhibit. Another Treehouse of Horror-esque couch gag. Three of these in a row now, basically. Yeah. Which is strange to me. But uh, how are... How, Matt, how, how are we still in 2005? Because in Simpsons time, it crawls very slowly. It feels like we've been watching episodes from 2005 for for a decade. Like, I don't know how this keeps... Well, I think the problem is that episodes from, like, 2001 to 2007 or 8 all feel exactly the same. Like, nothing changed in the writers' lives. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're getting towards the end of that time period, at least. Uh, that's true. Uh, yes. Then we'll hit the period when everyone lost all their money thanks to the economic collapse of 2008. And then things will have to get better from there, right? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Thanks how to, for your incredible. I, 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 uh, I don't know. How to, I'm not sure how to answer that without being mean and lying. So, uh, or lying. This episode begins uh, with the, the first of its many plots. Uh, it's about father's day i guess to start uh where it is father's day eve as homer informs us and there is a single joke in this sequence and that joke is homer's behaving like it's christmas eve mm -hmm. because father's day is so important to him being a dad okay and i mean this ep I I don't know. I would say oh you could make this this episode could be good but I don't think that's true. Like I even if this thing didn't fly off into th a, two different other plots throughout this like it literally is, every act has a different plot. And it's it's even if it didn't do that it still kind of misunderstands these characters uh to a certain extent so you're just kind of confused a lot of the time. But Homer is acting like a child. On Christmas Eve, uh, he's decorating with a giant stand-up of himself. All the, the kids are baffled by his behavior because he's acting like a tiny kid. Um, and he has, he's invented, like, what, what did he say? Daddy Claus or something like that? Yes, Daddy Claus. There's literally a Santa Claus who just is in a 
Hawaiian shirt with golf clubs. But he's but he's being pulled by golf carts, not by reindeer. Right. Which is not a golf cart is really not a dad vehicle to me, but I guess our we in twenty twenty one are what we think of as dad behavior is different than two thousand five dad behavior. Possibly, I feel like that's more of like nineties dad behavior. I can well, get past that by it's the a, it's the well. Simpsons in two thousand five, Matt. So nineties dad behavior is perfect for what how they write. So you're saying the Simpsons writers room is like Canada? Everything gets there ten years late. Kind of. That's not fair to Canada. At this point, it's like a couple years behind. It's not 10 anymore. Maybe in the 90s it was. Okay, fair. There, You know, we're in an age of steam. Canada's warmed up a little bit. So the rest of the family goes to buy... The day before Father's Day, everyone goes to buy Father's Day presents. Okay. Good enough conceit. Uh, we do... We get a, a brief gag where Chief Wiggum gives, Wig, gives Ralph $5 to buy him a present... Or a card or something. And Ralph immediately eats it. Wiggum reaches down into his throat, pulls out a 50, and then feeds Ralph a $100 bill like he is like a money machine or something or a slot machine. <laughs> but nothing ever comes. For some reason, everyone, the, the Simpsons writers love this joke where a character is a slot machine because it's the same thing when Barney drinks the thing a quarter. Or something. This guy's paying off. But to be fair, Matt, I, I think, honestly, this is my favorite gag of this entire episode not saying a lot but well, yeah it's the only thing that's laughable there is a couple there are a couple okay gags in this uh, episode there's also some terrible jokes in here uh but this is my favorite because wiggum feeds him the hundred dollar bill and ralph just sits there <laughs> yeah nothing happens because why would it yeah nothing happens and it's just like oh you just gave you just fed your son a hundred dollar bill you're never getting it back um, so we are seeing what uh, the kids are kids shopping. We get a brief uh, scene where we see the leather buddy, which is a leather man analog, uh, a, a multi-tool, very complicated multi-tool with a troll doll, a beach umbrella, a gun. Bart gets him that. Uh, Lisa doesn't know what to get him and she doesn't want to get and I believe she does presuppose she pulls. She has like a Shrek shirt. Like says happy Happy Father's Day on it. Uh, Something which, like that. Yeah. yeah, Shrek. Which depends. It's a good gag gift. A good Shrek Shrek shirt. So Lisa goes to like a DIY store, crafting store, and gets some pipe cleaners. And we don't see what she makes. All we do, we jump to Homer receiving his presents and his reactions to them. Bart, this is the greatest present I ever received. To open another gift now would be like following the London Philharmonic with Jessica Simpson. What you got, Lisa? What the hell is this? The unicorns are you and me, Dad. I drew it myself. What do you think? Huh? Huh? Pretty heartfelt, huh? Huh? Oh, it's heartfelt. There's no escaping that. <laughs> Thanks, honey. You didn't like it, did you? No, 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 it's great. I'm done with it now. <laughs> Lisa, sweetie, I think your father would like to put your book up on the fridge where everyone can see how nice it is. Oh, isn't that cute? Oh, Dad, how could you? 
It's not my fault. Lousy magnet. <laughs> what the... Happy birthday, Dad, from Lisa. Oh! I just... What kind of father says, what the hell is this to a gift from their eight-year-old child? So, okay. This is not the bad basis for a plot. If we get a... in like... Where we get an episode where Homer basically, again, Homer tries to redeem himself. Like, yeah, obviously. It's an episode we see many times, and we'll see many, many more times. But it's it works. If you do it right, it works. It's a, it, The structure works. And it could be as simply as Homer trying to make up to Lisa that he, and be a better dad. That's ultimately what it's about. Yeah. And if they did that and stuck with it and did it in a way that made sense, it would be fine. He can be mean at the beginning of the episode. Sure, he, he seems like a jerk, but it's not, this is not over-the-top jerk Homer behavior. This is just kind of mean. Like, this is kind of like, we've seen this, this is Homer buying a bowling ball for March. It's that same kind of thing. It is. And once you've done it once, the second time has to transform it in some way to make it worthwhile to do again. Yes. And you could easily make this work um lisa's sad uh homer feels like it's his like he didn't do anything wrong and mm, uh they're kind of digging themselves a hole but whatever uh we see a sequence here where mo has their wedding album and is putting pictures of himself over all the pictures with homer because mo won it in a poker game well a game i don't know did homer say specifically poker i don't think he did you're right i think he basically said he lost it and that he won her, he won Marge back after that. But it turns out Marge didn't know about that. So he says he will win her back. Just <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, he'll do it by they'll do it by putting Homer in a different plot. <laughs> That's what they'll yeah. do. Um, but then we cut to the quote unquote B plot of this episode. Oof boy, yeah. <laughs> what is that, Matt? Woof boy, yeah. You don't like it's uh... just so thin. I like it. It's not a plot. It's nothing. It is. It exists. It later comes it is an up event that happens and has a somewhat of a consequence. It, it, they bring it back, I guess, later in a, a very minor thing that makes also makes zero sense. But whatever. The bullies. There is a new street sign, I guess, or maybe just Bart hasn't seen it before called Bart's Boulevard. And the bullies somehow convince Bart that because his name's on it. It is legal for him to steal the sign. Okay. Uh, Milhouse is casually murdered in this scene. He's casually maimed, okay? He's not dead. He's just hit by a car. No, 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 Matt. It's not a car. They specifically say train. Oh, right. Yeah, so he is dead. You're right. Sorry, my bad. And they play it off later. Milhouse comes back later in the episode with a cast on or a sling. He got hit by a train. There's no, mm-hmm. you don't get, you, it's got, very few people walk away from getting hit by a train, especially small children. Unless it was about to stop. Yeah, maybe if it was going like a quarter of a mile an hour and it just brushed you. Um, So Millhouse is fine, though. We do see, we see his glasses get, are broken and thrown into the frame, but we don't ever see Millhouse himself until later. Uh, Homer takes Lisa to see a movie. To try and make it up for her. And this is the most insane thing in the world to me, Matt. Mm-hmm. Where they just invent drama. They just invent drama in this. Mm-hmm. Where 
she takes her to Homer takes Lisa to a movie and he's trying to pay less for a ticket. So he says she's a baby, which is guaranteed to piss her off. No, no, Matt, no. Why? Why what? This entire sequence here at the very end of this act where Lisa gets angry at Homer, goes to school, gets more angry and freaks out. This is not the behavior of a human. No, this is the behavior of a monster. Well, I mean, that's what I'm like. She's an eight year old girl. If her dad's buying her a movie ticket, why does she care what he if he calls her a baby or not? Like, what is it? Oh, I see what you're saying. What does that have to do? That has nothing to do with the reason Lisa is mad at Homer is because he's a bad dad and he's not he he doesn't appreciate he didn't appreciate the gift or the time that she took to make it. What is ha- taking her like taking her to movie theater? Okay, I want to see her movie, spending time with her. The the thing that would make her mad would if they went to the movie theater and Homer doesn't pay attention to the movie uh, or leaves her in the movie theater or he goes out to get snacks and spends a half hour outside of the theater doesn't spend time with her. That's what makes her upset. Why on earth would you have it so that she just leaves? You just, oh, he called me a baby. He didn't really call you a baby, Lisa. He's trying to, like, it's a different kind of behavior. Like, you may be, like, they make it so that Lisa's upset that he's lying about to get a cheaper ticket prices. But she's an eight-year-old girl. She doesn't know any, like, what does she know? Like, it's so, it's just this Well, that is one of those uh, things where, you know, the... They they write Lisa a little older, so he understands what he's trying to do. And I think she's just insulted by being called a baby. Like I think they're just like, either writing her up so that she cares what Homer's doing, or writes her down so that she's just mad that she's being called a baby. I but that that's the thing. Of all the things I can like, being called a baby is so minor compared to the thing that Homer already did. Homer already True. he 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 couldn't even feign enjoying the present that Lisa gave him instead like he just offhandedly calls her a baby like that's not a big deal my dad has called me a thousand names in my life I knew that most of the time he was just joking he's teasing me and it's like I didn't get my feelings hurt over it and like this makes just Lisa seem like a crazy person so we cut back to Bart's store well we cut to the schoolyard I guess because Lisa's there too there's a little and I I will give credit to this I'll give that episode credit here in this way that they intertwine all the characters like everything feels like it's existing in the same place which some episodes right. don't do they, at all they interact in organic ways yes like all the families are they're all around each other when lisa's at school so is bart you know we we see the family around the homer like they're never just like we don't forget about family members here except for maggie but yeah they forget about maggie all the time she is a baby uh, we do see that Bart has stolen the sign, but now the bullies have Munch, Edward Munch, his the scream, the famous painting. Yeah, like, how did they get that? I don't know. It's a very bizarre choice that this is the thing they pick to give the bullies is this very famous painting. Uh, but they have it. Uh, they stole it, so that's good. Uh, and then we get a long scene in this to end this act where Lisa kind of just, I don't know, has a breakdown and starts attacking everyone. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, may I borrow one of your colored pencils? Sure. That's all you men do is take and take and take without regard to feelings or unicorns. Ugh. Here, take my lunch, too. Ugh. Just take my whole backpack. Ugh. 
Which of you boys hurled Lisa Simpson's backpack through my window? Oh, it had to be a boy, did it? You think a girl can't flip out? Well, you're wrong! My flexi cast! Lisa, I hold in my hand a sticker with a frowny face on it. Don't make me affix it to your file. Don't make me affix it to your file. I'm peeling off the back. Don't make me do this. May God forgive me. Willie, we've got rats chewing through the wiring again. Leave me alone. I'm making me ramen noodles. So that ends the act mm -hmm. with Lisa getting a frowny face on her file. <gasps> oh, no. But up until this point, Lisa has been upset at Homer because he's been callous. Why on earth does she just now she's suddenly hating men like this becomes like a. It's a weird turn. She's just really mad at her father. And I think what the whole point of this is, as we'll see in a future uh, conversation that Homer and Marge have, is that Lisa's complete uh, you know, removal of faith in Homer affects her relationship with all men. And that is a hell of a leap. I, it is a very strange decision. And well, frankly, I'm going to just call it very bad writing. Like, you... This is going the opposite direction of where you want to go. Like, you want to make this small and personal and have Lisa be sad and upset about Homer being a bad father? Sure, that's perfectly acceptable. But attacking everyone and just being destructive, it, fe again, feels like such an un unearned escalation. It, it feels like if you're going to have this, you really need to justify her having this breakdown and they don't. So she just, this is what, this is why I get emails once in a while about people hating Lisa, <laughs> about people hating yeah. Lisa's character. Cause they're like, I remember she writes like she hates men. I'm like, that's just bad writing guys. Like this is nothing to like, this is not Lisa. This is just a bunch of writers not knowing what to do with this episode. Uh, and that you could say that excuse for multiple things that happened in this episode. But yeah. we finally go to commercial. Eight minutes, Matt. Eight minutes and three seconds. Long first act. Long first act. And guess what? Long second act, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the second act starts with Homer and Marge coming in to talk to Principal Skinner uh, about what has happened with Lisa. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, I'm afraid we have a real problem with Lisa. Your daughter broke a window, upended an ash can, and hurled a thermos brand thermos onto the street. Does it still keep hot drinks hot and cold drinks cold? I'm afraid it doesn't keep any drinks anything. <gasps> I have asked the school psychologist to shed some light on your daughter's sudden burst of inappropriateness. I'm afraid Lisa's rage stems from extraordinary disillusionment with a parental figure. In this case, her father. Oh, well, sure, it's easy to point out my faults. It's a little harder to shut up. Looking at your daughter's essays, this isn't a new trend. Daddy's face down Thanksgiving. Left at the Grand Canyon. The day a policeman came to my soccer game. Mr. Simpson. Lisa is at a crucial juncture. If she doesn't see her father as a positive role model, she could hate men for the rest of her life. 
Oh, I know. But how can I undo eight years of jerkiness in two easy sessions at no cost to me? If uh, I may make a suggestion, the school is looking for a new safety salamander. When Lisa sees you teaching children to avoid downed power lines, it could restore her faith in you and the male gender. I don't know. What happened to the last safety salamander? Uh, he fell asleep in the suit and suffocated. I can do that. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> stretch this case, Robbie. That Lisa's relationship with her father is so important that it would ruin her relationship with Ben for the rest of her life. That's some That's some daddy logic right there that I don't appreciate. Secondly, the, uh, Skinner jumps to, oh, if you're a school mascot, she'll love you again. Sure. Okay. And what? then finally, Homer's saying, I could fall asleep in a suit and suffocate. That's very simple for him to do. Like, what in the... It's, it's it so... It hurts, Robbie. It's it hurts. so crazy. It's just, it's just suddenly, like, it's like, literally, you can hear them them like uh that like the the writers driving the simpsons car that is this episode he, hear them just like whip the 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 wheel like 180 degrees and th- and the car just squeals and turns into a completely different direction and okay one i'm gonna some bones to pick here myself i have to mm-hmm. that school size that that is not the voice of a school psychologist it's the same guy. It's the same character. We've seen him a bunch of times before. Yeah. That's not his voice. I don't know if they just like did Harry Shearer not bother to go listen to the previous like voice of him. I mean, probably. I is that because that that feels like it, it must be that. That's not his voice. Um, it's that's a different voice. Um, yeah. and that like this suddenly this episode like. And here's the here's the even crazier thing, Matt. Is this has nothing to do? The, the, like it, this episode doesn't even stick to this. Like this isn't even the plot <laughs> where mm-hmm. it's about Lisa's nope. expectations about her about male gender. Like I don't know why the hell they made it about like her being angry at men. That's so stupid. It feels like it feels like this is a hit piece against. Like uh, grade school, the idea of grade school feminism, people don't understand, misunderstand yeah. what feminism is entirely. That's what feels like what this is. Um, it, it, but if again, this that line, you play that clip, and I was laughing because it feels again. I say this a lot. It feels like parody. It feels like someone like purposely miswriting a Simpsons episode. I don't safety salamander. Why? Fantastic question, Robbie. I guess we'll I'm never gonna know. Say, I'm, I'll also say this, Matt. There are multiple times in this episode where I laughed, not because it was funny, but because it was so insane, like so absurd. And I don't know if that's good or not. Is that good? That I, I laughed? I mean, I got a laugh out of you, but it doesn't do much for the characters themselves. No, it does not. You are correct, Matt. You are correct. So, yes. Now we've gotten where we're going with, with the ostensible premise of this episode is so homer becomes the safety salamander um he's bad at it uh he apparently does not know that school buses do not have safety belts and so he forces Otto to stop the bus suddenly causing all the children to chip their teeth which that's not okay yeah that's that's a real thing that people should be aware of but there's not there's not metal bars in front of every seat there's metal bars at the very front of the bus 
that we can see, Robbie. That we can I, see, Matt. The Simpsons do this. They've done the the past few years, I guess, where they pretend like I've never been in a school bus. I've ridden in a school bus. Awesome. I know what I know what they look like. I know what a school bus is. Yeah, but there are enough different kinds of school buses. It's possible that Simpsons get a really bad one, or maybe the writers growing up had Matt, that happen. Matt, you know where I grew up. I know, in the middle of nowhere. Do you think that we had good school buses? No, I don't. No, we had decrepit pieces of crap. Even they didn't have things that chip your teeth. I don't, like, I don't, like, make a joke that is real. Like, set your, set your episode in the, in a, in a real world. No? Yeah, maybe, but probably not. Okay. All right. Fair. So, okay. Homer also, in, in the course of his duties, manages to set the auditorium on fire uh, with uh, another lecture uh, when he has some fireworks near curtains, because of course he does. And then when he tries to get out, uh, he blocks the door because of his giant fat butt in the costume that he is wearing, causing the kids to have to jump over him to get to safety. So once again, Homer is really, really bad at doing anything involved with safety. Um, and unfortunately for Homer, and for well, everyone involved, uh, he thinks that this is something that Lisa should be appreciative of his efforts, and it's obviously not. So, sweetie, am I your hero again? Jamie's father just takes her to the zoo once a month. Couldn't you be that kind of dad? No, honey. You know daddy's not allowed in the zoo anymore. Oh, yeah. But I'll never stop trying to redeem myself in your eyes. How did you do that? I don't know. Yeah, but if you're curious, uh, his tail is moving on its own, and we never find out why and why that's weird and just, you know, dumb. So, <laughs> Matt, like, if this episode was like about a safe was about the safety salamander, I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah, but when it yeah. changes direction so often for no real reason, you throw in this weird joke of like, I don't know how I'm moving my tail, like. Why is this joke here? What? And it's at this point, Lisa's basically just critiquing the writing her, itself. She's not critiquing yeah. Homer. She's critiquing the writing. She's like, why isn't this episode about you trying to take me to the zoo? And I go, Lisa, I'm with you. Please, Lisa. Uh -huh. Let's let's make this episode about Homer trying to take her to the zoo. My God, that'd be much, so much better. So, yes. But, Matt. This is where we but, are. But they don't go to the zoo. They don't go to the zoo. In fact... Uh, we go back to the the last vestiges of the B plot, uh, where Cletus and Brandine are trying to find the hospital because Brandine is pregnant and about to go into labor. Uh, but because Bart has stolen the sign, they cannot. Uh, so Brandine has the baby in the truck, and while looking for his knife to cut the umbilical cord, Cletus causes a giant pileup and sets all the cars on fire. Matt, I'm gonna uh -huh. I'm gonna correct you. It's not an umbilical cord. It's an umbrella cord. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. An umbrella cord. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we're getting for jokes in this. Is, uh, is, yes. is, is, is the... Let's laugh at Cletus and Brandine. Brandine's so... umbrella cord. Well, they also, they couldn't turn because they couldn't find the hospital because Bart's Boulevard sign was missing. Correct. What? Oh, so Homer now... Homer's in a safety salamander costume. Mm -hmm. So, Homer's in the costume. <laughs> There's a giant pile up, and a bunch of people are sort of there. Like, this pile up is 
dozens of feet high of cars stacked and all on fire. So Homer, who at this point was the first one to try and run off the on-fire auditorium in his costume, jumps into action uh, and runs to save people. And to his credit, he does. He saves Nelson and some other people. Excuse me. And he basically is a hero in this. How this squares with his behavior previously i i don't know what caused him to all of a sudden not be afraid and selfish and a jerk but i mean we'll go back to our old standby because the plot requires it Uh, he is he is is he in this scene matt he is wearing the safety salamander costume which in the previous auditorium scene like you mentioned big clunky hard to move around in. he gets stuck in a door he is a klutz in this costume, even more so than usual. And now he is scampering up this pile of cars and pulling people out and carrying them one-handed. Mm-hmm. He and they make there's a don't worry, Matt. There is a joke. You you didn't mention this. I thought the audience should know. There's a joke about Smithers oh. and uh, oh, uh, Mr. Largo, uh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Largo in the same car. And don't worry, they were just driving. They were just in the same car. Yes. Don't, there's no. They they weren't they weren't gay together or anything. God no, forbid. Nope. Uh, like you can make a joke about that. It has to be good though, guys. It has to be a good joke. <laughs> That's like I, don't, I mean I don't know that they're they don't know how to do that. There's a couple of good jokes in this episode, Matt. There's like two or three. Um, he but he's the they the helicopter. There's a, also a helicopter on top of the car. The pileup. You didn't mention yeah, somehow a helicopter has crashed. But Homer's Homer's literally a superhero now. Exactly. He is a a 100% superhero. That's what he has done. So, uh, at this point, uh, Homer's given the key to the city. Sorry, the key swipe card to the city. uh, Because let's have jokes about how no one uses keys anymore. Um, And Mary Quimby gives it to him. And then at the press conference about this... uh, Mayor Quibby's job performance is called into question. Now, any new business? Mr. Mayor, your administration has been one fiasco after another. Who the hell are you? Your press secretary. I knew I should have hired my nephew. I am your nephew. Okay, so I stink. Tough Toblerone. Read the charter, people. I cannot be removed from office, except by a simple recall election. And... Uh, uh, disregard that last part. Recall! 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 Mayor Diamond Joe Quimby has survived 12 re-election campaigns, countless accusations of infidelity, bribery, extortion, and his bizarre attempt to hijack a 747. Take this plane anywhere. Girls are going wild. But the mayor may have a tougher time getting past next month's special recall election. Over 200 candidates have filed, including yours truly, Kent Brockman. In other news, a common household fabric can kill you. Find out which one when you vote for Kent Brockman. So, this is where the episode is going now that Somers become a superhero. Because obviously, you know, there's no one better to replace Diamond Joe Quimby than the superhero in the costume. Here, here, man, wait a second. Let me. I'm a. I have some foley work for you. Okay, some foley to okay. to help this situation. Let's skid into another incredible turn, like like oh, a sudden right turn again. Like, what? Yep. Why is this about? 
What? Could not tell you. Wish I could. So the recall in California of the governor in 2003 was a thing. Did the Simpsons go, you know what? We were all, we're, we live in California and we think it's kind of ridiculous. Let's write a third of an episode about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that's the thing. Like why this is a, not even a third of an episode by, by time, by running time. It's about a quarter of an episode. You are correct, sir. <sighs> it's about, this is about Lisa and Homer, right? Uh, maybe. Okay. All right. Maybe. <laughs> Good enough. Okay. So that's where we're at now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, everyone has decided to run. We see all kinds of crazy people. I think Krusty is running. Kent Brockman has been running. Uh, there's a whole bunch of I think Bumblebee Man's running. Weird people are, are running to replace Diamond Joe Quimby. Uh, Lisa has decided that, oh, Homer needs to run and that she will be his campaign manager. Dad, we gotta do something. What can I do? I'm only one man. Lincoln was only one man. Are you sure there wasn't a midget in his hat? I read an email that said there was. Look, as the safety salamander, you are beloved by all. And if you were the mayor, we could make sure that only good people like me tell you what to do. Hmm. I will run for mayor. And I will be your campaign manager. And I'll find out what a mayor does. Expand my brain, learning juice. Expand my brain. I could really, juice. I could use some of that learning juice right now. Matt, I could, could use, we all, I could drown myself could in that learning juice. Um, after watching this episode, Matt. Okay. So we haven't skipped any scenes, right? We didn't skip a scene. Let's say okay. where Lisa had a a moment. Lisa, like and Homer, had a scene together, but just them, just those two, a quiet. We scene haven't where Lisa goes like. I think this the I think um I think the safety sal- salamander crap is terrible. I think it's useless and pointless in this episode. If you still want to make it about Lisa and, and what she wants out of her dad, you should not introduce yep. introduce this at all. But if you insist on it, you should have a scene here where Lisa has a scene with Homer and goes Homer says, "Dad, thank you for trying. You know, thank you for making for doing good in the world, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. We haven't had that scene. We just have a scene where a bunch of people cheer because he saved people at a pileup. But we don't see Lisa care. And suddenly she loves him and wants to be his campaign manager. Ah, why? You are correct, Robbie. Why, Matt? Because the plot dictates it. Darn tootin'. Darn tootin'. And that's where we end, Act 2. Homer's going to run for mayor even though he has no idea what it does. Different plot. This is at 16 minutes and five seconds, okay? This episode's probably 21 minutes total. Right. Ish. Uh, so in five minutes, we need to have a run-up a, a and a conflict and a conclusion in this bear plot. Because it's a different plot. This is not the same plot. It's entirely different. And they really try to shoehorn Lisa in here and make it about, like tangentially about her it really has nothing to do with her you could easily make an episode where homer runs for office with lisa as a campaign manager and you could even test like she has a little line in that clip you just played matt where she says where a person a good person like me will tell you what to do and make everything and everything will be okay you could have the the plot be about oh no lisa as the power behind the throne is actually it you know power corrupts 
maybe. You know, something like that. This would be a good plot overall, honestly. Yeah, but they don't. There's no time for any of that. Um, Homer is Matt. I Matt. I'm a, I, w- I will also add that Matt should always be writing our notes because he. It's they're very funny. Um, because Homer Matt his first line in Act Three is Homer is basically a clown. Yep, Homer is basically a clown, which is true. There's in this scene, I'm, in this clip, I'm about to play. He or probably right before it, he shoots tennis balls out of his butt <laughs> as a, as the safety salamander, and you're you're like, why is well, of course, is, Robbie? Come on, I like they are like this is the thinnest of satire about government Matt. this is like them going like it's re- them going like you know what the the uh, this election in california was really silly so we're just going to have a safety salamander be a serious contender and that's enough we're not going to make any points about government we're not going to try and make even the thinnest critiques about how our our system works no we're just going to have it so that homer is in the running and he's a clown um, here is Homer's press conference. Oh, I hate press conferences. Homie, you might score more points if you didn't wear that salamander suit. You look like the mascot for some horrible southern college. Marge, without this outfit, I'm just Homer Simpson, multiple felon. With it, I'm a costume hero like George Washington or Dame Edna. Yeah! Today marks a new dawn for Springfield. This salamander is sitting on eggs labeled Elder Care, Flex Time, and Downtown Pedestrian Mall. And those eggs are ready to hatch. Now I will take your questions. Uh, what special powers would a salamander bring to the office of mayor? Well, there's my x-ray vision, my fire breath, and I can get big laughs with tennis balls. Salamanders could do all those things. At the thing, for all these years, I've been a gecko man. Take a hike, jerk. Mr. Simpson, what about those photos of you strangling your child? Why should we let this election be influenced by a photo taken hours ago? Yay! Now, restaurant matchbooks for everyone! Homie, you're doing great. You're way ahead in the polls. Even those negative campaign ads aren't hurting you. Simpson barely even comes into work anymore. He pays a homeless man to do it for him. I, um, I don't feel so good, Blue. <laughs> hey, people may not love Homer Simpson, but they love this suit. <laughs> Just like they love their stupid American flag. Their stupid American flag, Robbie. What is happening in this episode? <laughs> You ask me like I know. I don't like that's what I'm like. I am. I am. I've never seen this episode before. Never watched it. Mm-hmm. I have seen every uh, ever up until this point. I've seen every episode of The Simpsons. I cannot follow what's happening in this episode. Like I just saw like this episode starts with the premise of Homer being mean to Lisa over a gift that he gives. She gives him mm-hmm. at the and This is the beginning of Act Three. Homer's dressed up like a salamander and everyone's chanting salamander while Homer throws matchbooks at them. Exactly. Like, what is what is my frame of reference supposed to be? What am I supposed to... Like, I have no... I just am... I just have no idea what's going on. It's the simplest of bars to clear where you just make sure your audience understands what's happening. But I don't know. 
like he's running for office for mayor. But why? Because Lisa wanted it to? Why did she want him to do that? Because she thought he was a hero? But we never even saw a scene that established that. Like, what is going on? It's just Mad Libs. Just, oh, Homer runs for mayor. And uh, for for a reason. For some reason. Uh, so, Matt, you may be asking yourself a question at this mm-hmm. point in the episode. We're, I'm asking myself a lot of questions. That's fair enough. We're about 18 minutes into an episode. You're gonna, and this is all we've gotten. You're going to go like, how are they going to wrap all this up in two, three minutes? Uh, and you're probably asking yourself, you know what? This episode has not been gross enough. We need oh, that's true. I'm always telling myself that this episode not gross enough. We need more gross out humor. We need to compete with South Park. The question is, how can we get it gross? Well, we have Homer drinking a beer, uh, not just drinking a beer, getting drunk in the sa- sa- salamander suit. We haven't seen him out of this suit in now ten minutes, probably. Mm-hmm. So now I assume that he just only wears the suit. Does he wear anything else? Not that we've seen. Okay. We see him throw up in the suit. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why, Robbie? Okay, so I know why. This is how I know the answer to this one, Matt. This is not I. That's that. This was a, a rhetorical question. The why is because they need a they need a, a way to get because they've they've established that the crowd loves the salamander does not like Homer. Okay, so they need to to get him out of the suit. They need a, a they need a, a a plot device to get him out of the suit. And the plot device is Marge goes, "Oh, you're disgusting. Let me clean the suit, and you can, then you can wear it again when it's clean." Uh, so mm-hmm. so that is literally what happens. Homer vomits in the suit. Marge pulls it off of him. There is a full grown chicken in the suit. By the way, Matt, this is the level of humor we're at. Where there is that that is the joke is there's a chicken. That is in Family here. Guy level right there. It's there's a chicken in there. That's the joke. Uh, but Homer appears at the debate wearing the suit again. It has been washed. It is already, you can even see kind of a, it is obviously starting to fall apart even before he starts moving and stuff. But this is what, this is what happens is the wash suit rips and then the crowd hates him. And I have, I, I, I'm really struggling. It's just, it's so baffling. Like, why, why, why is the, what, like now this is what this episode's becoming about is that the crowd hates Homer, but loves the salamander. And it's so strange because this episode was about Lisa and her father. And and now the crowd's like, no, we, you're boring. We want the salamander, but the suit is destroyed. And Homer tries to appeal to them as just a man. And apparently they hate that. Uh, But they also hate everyone else. And if this is an attempt at political satire, they did a very poor job. Um, why is this the bit, Matt? Why is this the thing? Why? Why? What? What is going on? That's a fantastic question, Robbie. I wish I could tell you, but they had to figure out a way to end it, I guess. Well, you mentioned an ending, Matt. I have one final clip. I entitled it, Thank God This Is Over. Our exit polls show no candidate attained the 5% necessary to win, and Mayor Joe Quimby will keep his job, which I didn't want anyway. You're lost, jackasses. Well, Dad, you tried to make this town a better place, and no matter what, that makes you my hero. Oh, it stinks. 
Now how about a dance with your daddy? Can't believe I lost after Ben Affleck campaigned day and night for me. Yeah, I warned you about that. Oh, be careful of my tail. You don't have a tail anymore. I know, I, I still feel it. Oh, it's so itchy. Ben Affleck jokes, Robbie. Ben Affleck jokes. I mean, to be fair, here, here's what I'll say about Ben Affleck. He's still uh, still a, a, a movie star. Still a, a established guy. He, he's play, playing Batman. Um, sort of. <laughs> Uh-huh. He's sort of playing Batman, I think. Maybe. Is he still Batman in some of the movies? I know in Pat- some of the movies, supposedly. I know, I know Edward Pattinson is gonna be a Batman, but is Ben Affleck also gonna be a Batman? I believe Ben Affleck is supposed to be the Batman that shows up in the Flash movie. This is the most this is the world we live in. Um but Ben Affleck's still still uh relatable, you know, about Ben Affleck. He's not like a relic from two thousand five. You remember you know Ben Affleck, he's still a guy. Uh, and he's very relatable because he drops his coffee on the ground when, and he's very tired. And the the paparazzi takes pictures. I go that same Ben Affleck. I feel the same way when I'm trying to be a troll and just bring some drinks into my house. Um, no one beats Quimby. Homer and Lisa dance. None of it feels earned. I don't know why this scene isn't earlier in the episode. This episode. What is Homer? What is Homer do? Lisa calls him a hero that tries to make the world better. Yeah. How exactly is he a hero and how is he trying to make the world better? Did we watch a different episode than Lisa? Very possibly. Because did Lisa get a different version of the episode? Did the Simpsons writers show Lisa a different one where Homer was like smart and clever and kind? No, maybe. Okay. That's how this episode ends. Uh, one of the plots could have potential if they develop one of them, but they decided to have three in this episode, and it's not very good because of that fact. Correct. It's bad. I'll even say that, Matt. It's bad. It's a bad episode. Mm-hmm. I laughed a couple times, I guess. There is that. There were jokes. Last week, there were no, no jokes last week. This week, some jokes that I laughed at. I laughed at Ralph getting fed a $100 bill. Uh, I think I laughed at... What did I laugh at? Maybe that might have been it. <laughs> Me, I can't remember anything else. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, when I get at the end of the show, hey, Matt. Robbie, is this episode broken? It has to be, right? I mean, it depends on your definition of broken, but it seems like it because it's just weird at best. It just, there's, no, there's no sense to it. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. It has to be, Matt. I can't. I cannot with this. This is like if I, if we're gonna call something broken, this has to be broken. Like there are. I cannot emphasize this enough. There are three different stories in this episode. There, they, they, they really. They, it feels like they spend so much work trying to Frankenstein these things together. Why don't they just instead spend that work putting making one of them, expanding it, and adding depth to it, like. I'm assuming they just didn't have a didn't have enough material uh, for all of this. You say that a lot, man, and I believe you because it seems to be true a lot. No, you're right, but that's it's. I cannot understate how frustrating that to me to me that is. That's the answer because that is the answer. The answer is 
well, they had this plot, but they only had this much info. They only had this much story in it, and they didn't. So they, but they had another plot here, and they had another plot here, and they just kind of mushed them together. Like that's your job is to take one of these stories and build it out and make it more. You add to it. You got when when the answer is, oh, we didn't have enough there. Well, either you don't do it at all, or you expand it, and make it bigger, and make it more about more. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to stick to the what the thing was. You're allowed to change it. Um, for fixing this episode, choose one of these stories and make it about the, that. Like what I said earlier, Matt. That is, is see, the episode is titled "See Homer Run," and clearly they wanted to write something about the the, the gubernatorial uh, uh, 2003 California recall election. Mm. Make it about that, and make it about Lisa. Being his campaign manager for, for being Homer's campaign manager, and that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You, yep. you, and you can have all these, like it, it writes itself. Like I don't understand, like how it can be hard to. We don't have enough material. It writes itself. You have you have Homer running against all these people. You you right, have more hit pieces against Homer. I please your God, keep the safety salamander out of it. Why is a safety <laughs> salamander in this at all? Like, whose idea was to add a safety salamander as a school safety mascot? Homer's terrible at it, but then he's he's so good that he runs for mayor and almost wins. The only the only reason it, it really feels like this whole thing. Someone had the idea of oh, people love superheroes because of the costume, and they don't generally like the people underneath the costume because that that's the core tenet of like Spider Man. Every Everyone either loves or hates Spider-Man. No one cares at all about Peter Parker. How can we make Homer like that, but obviously not be a superhero? Well, let's make him a politician because then people need to like him. And then, well, how do we make him people like Homer because he's done such awful things because of the way we've written him for the past, you know, 10 years? Oh, we'll give him a costume and then people will love the costume and they just work their way back from that. But you could pull apart any of the things in this episode and do the same kind of analysis, Matt. Like, oh, we wanted to do this, but we included this. We wanted to, like, pick a couple things. No more than two. Uh, also, all the political commentary in this is terrible. Like, it's just so shallow yeah. and dumb. Like, Sideshow Bob Roberts is an episode of The Simpsons that is basically what they want to write, but it's already there, and it exists, and it's way better. Like, why on earth would I... Okay. Make it about one thing. That fixes 90% of your problems. No one wants to watch or an episode of this. Material for one thing. Write it. Be creative. That's the answer, Matt. Be creative. Ooh, that's, that's hard, Robbie. That means we don't have to go home at five o'clock. I don't know what to tell you. I like. Yeah. I would say that I, I myself would love to write for The Simpsons, and if it meant I'd have to, I'd have longer days. I think I would deal with it. Um, See, I think the. <sighs> The less cheap solution, because there, there are some good solutions to this that we've been over before. One, you cut your order in half. You have 12, uh, 11 or 12 episodes a season instead of 24. And then you can have your writers concentrate harder on the, the remaining episodes you have. Now, that's not a great solution because that's less advertising dollars you get because you have half as many episodes. In that case, hey, maybe you should have twice as many writers if you're going to have this many uh, episodes. And then you can have, you know, half of your team working on one episode or half working on another episode. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like there are very obviously solutions to this, but they all cost more money than doing nothing. And apparently doing nothing isn't, you know, costing them any money or and doing better. is not going to make them any more money. And that makes me think like, I had that thought too. I'm like it. Cause so often the answer comes back to like, 
they clearly did not think about this episode for more than 10 segments. They hashed it out in an afternoon and then forgot about it. Uh, and that makes me think, like, well, I, I want to think the best of people. I want to assume that they were trying their hardest and want to make good episodes. They just couldn't. And that makes me think, well, it's not then it's not the writers. The, the writers, it's taken out of the writers' hands. You know, maybe the writers wanted to spend more time on an episode, but they literally could not. They were not allowed. And that makes me think that maybe that's an edict from Al Jean. Maybe it's Al Jean is going, no, we, these are ours and this is the hours we keep. And this is how many writers we have. We don't have enough money for more than this. And we have to make this many episodes. So do what you can in the amount of time we have. And then, then, well, then you go up to Fox. Fox gives Al Jean the amount of money he can use. And they kept him on board because he is able to create the episodes with that amount of money, even if the episodes are terrible. And Algene maybe just wants to shelter these writers from working 100-hour weeks, which is apparently what they did in the golden years and spent up, you know, did all-nighters. My third answer, alternative answer is work smarter, work more efficiently, don't waste time. I don't know. I mm, make about one thing, guys, please. Even if it's boring, just make it make sense. <sighs> yeah, first make it make sense then add jokes, and then add nuance and all the things we love. That's that's what we really want. First of all, for it to make sense. Please. I mean, some people are the other way, where they'd rather it be funny. and it. But the other problem, it's not that funny. So it, you just get a thing that doesn't make sense and isn't funny. And you're like, I mean, help, please, Simpsons. Please help me. Okay, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for Comments and News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Constant News Group is where I uh, ask for some opinions about this episode from our patrons. So if you'd like to uh, let your voice be heard, you can support us at patreon.com slash The Simpson Show and tell the world how much you love or hate these Simpsons episodes. A lot of great answers uh, from our patrons this week from Tim. Boy, not a good one at all. We get the deadly combination of jerk and idiot Homer. Obviously, this was inspired in part by the 2003 California Recall, but I think Gray Davis would have put together a better episode. I did laugh when Groundskeeper broke the willy and pretended to clean the air, but good lord, is this episode broken? Projected rank 327. Uh, from Brian. Watch this while getting ready for work this morning, and all I can say is woof. Uh, the recall election references were already dated by the time the episode aired, and why does it take almost the entire episode to get to it? The initial setup of Homer's incentive to Lisa's heartfelt gift has promise, but the show once again misses the target completely. Uh, from Benjamin, in the words of Krusty, what the hell was that? This episode couldn't pick anything to focus on and bounced all over. This isn't a Homer-Lisa episode, and the ending is so undeserved. Do you even do anything as a campaign manager? They tried for plot and failed. They tried for folks. They tried for jokes and failed. Yikes. Uh, from Derek. This one is just all over the place. An unfocused mess with an unlikable protagonist makes for a pretty joyless affair. Simpson also shades of the white noise the Simpsons will eventually become in the HD era. Season 17 is where Algene really starts to make his unremarkable mark on the show. I have this episode on DVD and Blu-ray because I'm a weirdo, but that word means I've seen this thing multiple times, and yet I can never remember a thing about it. A dull, insipid, plotting load of nothing. Uh, from Aaron. Uh, this is a very confusing episode. They seem to combine five different storylines, none of which go together at all or make any sense. Plus, Father's Day takes place in the middle of the school year, Millhouse dies a lot, and the salamander costume was nightmare-inducing. But at least there were no manatees. Amen. 
Indeed. Amen. Yeah, Father's Day is like what June? Why yep. would that be? It Matt, don't ask too many. Like that is the yes, it makes no sense. But there's so much wrong. So many things that make zero sense. Like, I, I, should I pick at that? Sure, you can pick at ten thousand different things. Pull apart the threads, and this episode just falls apart. It's easily. You just look at this episode, and it falls apart. You don't even have to touch it. Uh, finally, from JJ. Another episode that can't decide what it's about, so the plot completely changes halfway through. Is it about Homer winning back Lisa's love, or everyone in Springfield running for mayor? You can't do both. just makes it an unfocused mess. I hated the scene of Homer trapping the kids in the burning assembly, call, assembly hall. The 30-car pileup and Homer rescuing everyone was way too cartoony. They tried to have a sweet ending with Homer and Lisa dancing, but it felt unearned. A few decent jokes, but overall, a pretty bad episode. Yep, I concur. Oh boy! See these. It feels a lot better reading these, Matt, than reading those new, the old news group reviews. It does because you get people who actually put some thought into it, rather than just saying, "Oh my gosh, a new Simpsons episode! I'm so happy." Why do they sound like a Valley Girl, Matt? Just because. Fair enough. That's what I imagine people who are ecstatic over nothing sound like. No, 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 no. That's the wrong. Oh, okay. I, I don't think so, Matt. It sounds something more like me. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That's unfortunate. It's the truth. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the Lister Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our Lister Question of the Week this week is, what is your favorite karaoke song or favorite song you belled out in the car as a counterpoint? Uh, lots of great responses. Lots of great songs mentioned. Matt, take it away. All righty. Uh, from Alex, my favorite karaoke song is either What You What You Won't Do for Love by Bobby Caldwell or I Have a Tiger by Survivor. Excellent choices. Uh, from Matthew, Somebody to Love by Queen. I'm no Freddie Mercury, but it's a song that just sweeps me away. Uh, from Lauren, it depends on my mood, but because my technically current but tomorrow is my last day job has tried to break me, it's been Broken and Beautiful by Kelly Clarkson. That sounds awful, but that's a lot of jobs, unfortunately. Uh, for Matt, if I'm quite intoxicated, I'll sing Miss You by the Rolling Stones. I'll channel my inner Mick and dance around while people clap. It's always a sight. Uh, from Tim, Cake by the Ocean from DNCE, proving that a Jonas Brother can in fact be cool. There's a clean and a dirty version. Of course, the latter is a hell of a lot more fun. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, from Andy, Piano Man by Billy Joel. My friends and I would do karaoke to it or just sing along after a few drinks back in college. I still will sing to it when I hear it playing. Uh, from at Tyler TMC, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Uh, from at Bort ATX, if I'm singing solo Sugar Daddy from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, if I'm singing a duet, suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> How appropriate. Uh, from at, yes, it's Aaron. Keep your hands to yourself. It's just three verses and a mic drop. Perfect karaoke song. From at Hippie 200, if I ever got drunk enough to agree to sing karaoke, I would definitely want to sing We Put the Spring in Springfield or Morals and Ethics and Carnal Forbearance. That would be a rough one, that last one, because only that one line. But hey, maybe that's all there is to it. Uh, from at Energy Turtle, I had a few karaoke staples in the before times. Nor Mr. Nice Guy by Alice Cooper, Burning for You by Blue Oyster Cult, Fist City by Loretta Lynn, and Because the Night, 10,000 Maniacs. I miss karaoke. Robbie, what's yours? I have two answers, Matt. Okay. I have a sober answer and a drunk answer. Oh, of course. Uh, my sober answer is uh, Lonely Boy by the Black Keys, because Get In, Get Out's three-minute song. It's right in my range. I can hit all the notes. Perfect. My drunk answer is Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. I am also not a Freddie Mercury, but when I am drunk, I can certainly try. 
Matt. Wow, apparently Queen is a popular one because uh, mine is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Uh, Don't Stop Me Now. Not drunk, obviously. Don't Stop Me Now is a great follow-up answer as well, Matt. It's probably my third choice, yeah. so I applaud your... I applaud. That's a great... It's a great answer. What's Don't Stop Me Now. It's such a great song. Queen is such a great band. It's just, all their stuff is like really fun to sing. It's almost like Freddie Mercury is the best rock vocalist of all time. Well, yeah. Literally, like every time I've ever asked someone, what do you think is the best rock vocalist of all time? I just go, except for Freddie Mercury, because that's well, a yeah, because it's everyone's number one answer. It's boring. Number one answer. Pick who's your number two. It's like, uh, I don't know. It used to be who was your favorite X-Men besides Wolverine. But I feel like there's more competition now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Wolverine. <laughs> I don't know. When I was 14, there was no other answer. Wolverine is absolutely the fa- my favorite X-Men. Uh, I mean, that's fair. But I've always been a Cyclops guy. Cyclops kind of sucked until like 2004. Well, Cyclops sucked from like 1987 to 2004. Before that, he had a really cool backstory. It was a fun guy. But yeah, once the animated series came out. I was born in 1985. What do you want from me? I know. I know. I'm just saying. There was a period of time before 2004. I was supposed to read 300 Chris Claremont uh, uh, issues. I mean, that would take you a long time because he's a very wordy fellow, but they're quite good. Next week's question. What is the best gift you've ever received? I'll have to think about that. That's really hard. It's a yeah, really hard yeah. question. Um, I posted this on our social media. Twitter is uh, twitter.com slash The Simpson Show. You can... No, wait. No, that's wrong, Matt. I'm on tw- at, at Twitter at Simpson Show Pod on Twitter. There we go. Simpsons, at Simpson Show Pod on Twitter. Email us at simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon. I'll post the question there publicly. At patreon.com slash the Simpson show. Next up, Matt, we can move on to our not a final segment. Next to final segment, it's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me, but I am the reigning champion. I'm gonna repeat that as many times as I can remember to. Of course. Uh, give me an easy question, Matt. All right, your easy question. When Homer and the family moved to the farm and E-I-E-I annoyed Grunt, uh, what do they grow? Tobacco. You are correct. I was like, I was, is that a trick question? Is Matt, like, gonna... No, no, it's not. Okay. Uh, you're up, all your questions, Matt, are from the dad who knew too little. Oh, okay, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, similar themes of a bad episode that tries to make it about Homer and, Homer and Lisa. Um, uh-huh. your easy question, what does Lisa want for her birthday? Oh, uh, in that particular episode, God, there's so many. Um, oh, she wants uh this this cool journal thing, right? As like a trapper keeper that is does all this randomly crazy stuff. You Turbo diary. That's what it is. I was about to say, Matt. You don't know the actual name of it. You're just gonna call me. Am I, I gonna have to? Yes, because I watched this episode so freaking much. I know you love the dad and new too little. It's your favorite episode. Uh, your medium question. <laughs> What is the name of the Zorro villain that they go to see? Oh, God Almighty. Uh, um, the Zorro villain? Mm-hmm. What episode is this again? Uh, this is E-I-E-I Annoyed Grunt. It's Zorro? That's in that same episode? Yeah, that's how it starts. Oh, yeah, God. Zorro Homer is like, uh, smacking people in the face and challenging them to do duels. Yeah, uh, the Zorro villain. Um, I have no idea. The... Uh, the Baron. I don't know. Uh, is the Scarlet Pimpernel. Scarlet Pimpernel? 
All right, Matt, your meme question. Who is number one on Mr. Burns' top secret enemies list? I feel like there's a list like this in every single episode, or in so many different episodes. Um, He acquires a Turbo Diary. I can now keep my top secret enemies list inside. Number one. uh, Smithers. (laughs) That'd be funny, because Smithers is directly opposite him in that scene. Exactly. It'd be really funny. But no, the answer is the Kingston Trio. Oh, of course. That makes so much nonsense. I don't... we're talking about what season eleven, I think that is. That it's a little season twelve. So, yeah. I mean, what do you expect from that? Mm-hmm. What's my hard question? I'm gonna get this one right. Your hard question. What road is the farm on? County Line Road. Ooh, I'm sorry. It's Rural Route Nine. Rural Route Nine. It's a good name they for. They actually it. say it and hit it in a sign. Uh, okay. Uh, your hard question, Matt. How much does the Turbo Diary cost? Uh. Seventy nine ninety five. Wow, <laughs> oof! That's a not quite that spicy of a meatball. Oh, uh, okay, it's twenty nine ninety nine. That's pretty good for something that shocks people who are unauthorized. I mean, this bit. isn't two thousand. That was like two thousand two dollars or whatever it was. So it's not as yeah. So that's like forty bucks now. I'm pretty sure if you shock the hell out of somebody, uh, it could, it's going to cost a little more than that. I'm pretty sure there are. They do make products like various locking journal out there that are they don't have self-defense mechanisms built in. <laughs> but well both of us uh got no extra points um we are doing real bad so far i'm doing especially bad matt i've gotten one point in every episode so far <laughs> well that's the way these things go for matt, us. maybe matt maybe matt maybe make dumb base give me give me some baby questions some baby questions. How about you give me some baby questions? I give you a baby question. What is who is number one on Mr. Burnstall's secret enemies mm-hmm. list? It's a baby question. Everyone knows that. Everyone, everyone knows that. Uh, we can't move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Okay, let's scroll down. All right. Uh, oh boy. Um, this is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I'm but not lo- like offensively bad. I am looking in the maybe high three hundred and teens or low three hundred and twenties right now. That's where I'm looking at. Mm. All right. What's what? What, what do we got around that? Then we're looking yeah, future, at uh, three ten is future drama. Home away from Homer. Mm. I'm going to say, say these are all dumb. Very dumb episodes largely make no sense. Have a joke or two in them that is okay. Um, bad plotting or stuff like that. Uh, the Ziff who came to dinner, I think, is definitively better than this episode. So I would say I it's would say not, so. not going to go higher than that. And I don't think it would be go lower than, let's say, I don't see it going any lo- going lower than Mommy Beerist. I think it is absolutely better than Mommy Beerist. So it is somewhere from 316 to 319 or three, no, 316 to 320. That sounds about right. Somewhere in there. I just, we got to figure out where, but. Um, okay, so we just saw Millhouse of Sand and Fog. Um Yes. It real dumb. 
It uh, is very dumb. It is the similar. It takes it, weird twist partway through. It suffers from similar problems. I think this is worse than Millhouse of Sand and Fog because Millhouse of Sand and Fog only jo- does that weird turn once. This episode does it right. twice. Um, Fat Man and Little Boy also. Who boy? Uh, um, I want to. I'm. I've, I. I have to look up these episode titles every because the titles just tell me nothing. This yeah, is, they don't mean anything anymore. This is Goose Gladwell. That's what I thought. Goose Gladwell and Homer making his own fusion reactor. Uh, yeah. In his basement. Um, it's... At least there is a, a, for the most part, normal plot in that one. It's kind of weird and out there, but there is a progression from A to B, at least in Bart's plot. But Goose Gladwell, bro. I, I know, I know. I got this way in Vietnam. Yeah, you just said that, and I go, "No, this is this is this is this is better than Fat Man and Little Boy." I think this is better than Fat Man and Little Boy. Yeah, you're probably right. Just the Goose Gladwell. I got this way in Vietnam. Oh my lord! Oh boy, I can't. I can't handle it. Uh, You okay with the new number three nineteen, Matt? I'm absolutely okay with I'm that. I'm already typing it. It's too late. Does it your 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 opinion doesn't matter? I'm okay with that as well. I'm just kidding. Your opinion definitely matters. But in this case, I don't think it would make that much of a difference. No. So that's a new three number three nineteen C Homer run right below Millhouse of Sand and Fong, right above Fat Man and Little Boy. New number one twenty eight on our post golden years ranking. We do have a final question to answer, Matt. My question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I, like, wh- I can't think of a reason. To keep this? Neither can I. There's, like, what what, what could possibly, why would you need, I would never recommend anyone watch this. There's nothing valuable in it. Like, it doesn't particularly skewer the 2003 governor, gu- gubernatorial recall. There's some Arnold Schwarzenegger jokes. It tries to, but it fails at it. Oh, it's very bad at it. Um, it only well, to be fair, it spends about three minutes on it, and then a lot of the episode is just Homer being a jerk to Lisa for no real reason, and then he becomes a salamander. It's yeah. just it makes me laugh. Just the thought of me, like I try and explain it to people. I'm like, yeah, we watch. Oh, you're still doing that Simpsons podcast? Yeah. Oh, where are you now? Oh, we're up in the mid three hundreds of episodes. They're like, wow, that's a lot. I'm like, yeah, we're not. We're just about halfway. Uh, and then I tell them <laughs> what happened in the, the most recent episode, and they're like, oh, that sounds bad. Yep, yep, you're right. Oh yeah, I stopped watching that ten years before you guys did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. like, you made the wise choice. Uh, so it's a simple answer: fire the cannon. Goodbye. Goodbye, Sea Homer Run. Sea Homer Run directly into that cannon and get fired away. Ooh. Snap. Um, however, we're not done. Go up to the top of the list. Work our way down. We're number 45. We're the Secret War of Lisa Simpson. Oh, what a great don't episode. Don't you dare try and keep this out of the cannon. I'm a, oh, well, it's too late, Matt. I just said fire it. We're going to fire the cannon. Nope. Just, no, we're not. No, I'm we're just, not. I will stuff that cannonball back in. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Secret War of Lisa Simpson is a great episode. Uh, it, it's a great Bart Lisa episode. Um, 
with them having both a rivalry and a friendship and working through it. It's so earnest and heartfelt. It's great. Of course, it's part of the canon. It's really just a, you know, this is a rhetorical exercise at this point until we get to like 100 at least, probably. When we get down near 100, that's when we'll start having serious discussions. Yeah. Probably even further than that, but whatever. Um, So yeah, Secret World Lisa Simpson stays in the canon, of course. Um, Hey, Matt. Yes, Robbie. Our next episode is one I've, I have seen and Whoa. one I th- remember liking. It is The Last of the Red Hat Mamas. Oh, yes. The Marge uh, joins a crew. Yeah, Marge and her, Marge gets some friends. And I don't I, I don't I'm not going to remember like saying this episode's great or anything, but I do remember liking this episode. So maybe there's hope. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there's hope. I will also add uh, here, this is a good time, as good as any. If you stop listening to the show, that's fine. I do not care one way or the other if you want to listen to the show. It does not hurt my feelings. If you want to stop listening, you don't enjoy it anymore. That's fine. Please do not email me a thousand words explaining to me why you don't want to listen to the show anymore. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to read it after about maybe 50 words in. And I'm not going to answer you. Uh, So please don't. And please don't do that to any podcaster. That's next week. The Last of Red Hat Mamas. I am hopeful that I will enjoy it. Have a good time with the episode. Uh, you can find this list on our website, simpsonshow.com, with links to everything. Our Twitter, our RSS feed, our Patreon. If you want to help with the show, pay us a couple dollars. Support us. We'd really appreciate you. Help keeps the lights on. Helps uh, do all the good stuff that we like. You can find, let's see. Oh, you can find me. Hey, Matt. They can find me. Online on Twitter, I I'm I'm on the Twitter. It's at Robbie Dorman. My name is Robbie Dorman, and I'm on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And you might go to my website, which is also RobbieDorman.com, which is my name. My goodness, Robbie! It's like you designed it that way. It's, it's that easy. On my website, uh, you can find links to all my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel is called Regrowth. It is out now on Amazon. It is a suspense horror story about a scientist researching limb regeneration in an underground lab run by the world's richest man with the earth on the brink of collapse. It is great for fans of body horror and Michael Crichton. You can read it. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's three ninety nine for the ebook, um, and you can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. That does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. Uh, my existence solely revolves around uh, kittens and uh, stewarding them to being old enough now. So if you'd like to see the results of that, feel free to check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on the gram, as the kids call it, to see the most adorable kittens you'll ever see in your entire life. Kittens are pretty cute. I would suggest I endorse, really I endorse that decision. Kitten, kitten Turns is a good Instagram to follow. You should do that. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I am Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this. Uh, Shh.